to the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm one of your hosts, Ben South, here with my good friend, Danny Smith. Danny, how in the world are you this week? Man, Ben, I'm good. Yeah, not too bad at all. It's a little cold today where I'm at. Uh, a little frigid, but uh, can't complain. Uh, things are good. Uh, how are things with you? I saw uh, a social media post last night. <laughs> and man, did you cook like... 3,000 pans of dressing for uh, church Thanksgiving? It wasn't quite that that much. Um, I did help do that. When Some of my background, when I was in college, I worked in food service and cafeteria type stuff, so I'm used to cooking for a bunch of people. And so I kind of volunteered. I enjoy it at times, getting in the kitchen and cooking. But I helped, yeah, cook some dressing, chicken and dressing for our church Thanksgiving fellowship dinner. Uh, it's actually going to be the we're recording this, and it's going to be the day we're recording this. So, um, I think whenever this will play, it'll be a day or two ago. But we we did uh, do a little bit of cooking. I think we used like twenty seven pounds of cornmeal or something. It was a bunch Goodness. of dressing. Yeah, was, you'll be dreaming about that. And, uh, <laughs> it it might know, be more like a nightmare. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I tell you, they looked good. They looked like you knew what you were doing. And uh, hey, and that's half the battle. Just looking it like it really you know, is. <laughs> presentation skills i i don't do the whole cooking show stuff i you know every so often i might uh watch something really the only cooking show would be the one where he goes to different diners and drive-ins and other places i don't want to give free credit to people but yeah anyway it's uh it's, it was impressive to say the least and it's that time of the year and you know speaking of events like that yeah it's fun to not only sit down and and uh and have that uh, meal together but it's just kind of a nice break from the routine i know y'all do a weekly meal but uh you know you've been at central long enough now you have seen a lot of change you've seen a lot of families um i want us to maybe talk today about that dynamic of um, how to associate or maybe to align uh with people in our church but not get caught with one specific group and uh you know maybe the potluck is a good microcosm of that because it's easy to go sit at that table maybe with your favorite people uh perhaps it's easy um and maybe this is more of a smaller church dynamic uh you know you want to maybe work the power brokers so to speak so you sit with them but you do so in neglect of maybe meeting others uh building relationships with others so maybe we talk today about how not to make that a liability to get locked in or to align ourselves or associate ourselves with just one certain faction of people within the church. And then I'd like to, even before we're done, maybe even touch on even not doing that in our denomination and things like that. I think one of the words you're looking for there is the word click. You know, we as uh, people just tend to hang with the people we know and are comfortable with and we're accustomed to talking to. And we can, whether it's intentional or not, create these clicks within our church, our ministry, and our life where we're just listening to this one group of people and that's all we're around. And in a church life, we need to make sure that we are, especially as ministers, if we're 
uh, serving the whole church. We're there to serve the whole church. We need to make sure we're not just listening to our own little echo chamber within that church. We need to uh, speak broadly, uh, be in relationship and fellowship broadly across the church. Uh, you know, I would, we've talked about it before. You can help this in things like if you're a student pastor or a children's pastor, go to the senior adult events. Go get to meet some of those people. Don't just stay in your little pigeonhole area. And this will help you be able to listen. But I, I think there is a tendency among uh, ministers maybe and, and just I think in human nature that we tend to listen to the people who agree with us. We, we like to have people around us whose ideas are the same, who have the same outlook, who have the same goals, and who are wanting to do things the same way we are. And in the church, we need to make sure that we are not just staying in that environment and looking to make sure that we're hearing from broad cross-section of the congregation. And, and like you mentioned, you know, a church potluck's an easy way. We sit by the same people most of the time. Now, my family, we have round tables in our fellowship hall, and we fill up a table and we're all there. So it, it's just our family. So it's the same people usually. And But you can do that by just simply going and sitting in a different place, going and talking to somebody you wouldn't typically sit and talk to. Uh, but we're bad about getting in those little cliques and, and groups where we stand with the same group in the hallway, we talk with the same people, we're around the same people the whole time, and we start to just kind of think, well, because I'm hearing from these people in this group, this must be how everybody feels about every situation. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's really good because um, there is body language. People know when... Um, if you see your uh, buddies walk in the door and all of a sudden they see that you're distracted, they see that now all of a sudden you're wanting to move away. So your body language, the way you conduct yourself, very, very important because again, we're in the act of making disciples. And, and part of that is not just sitting in a classroom. Uh, a lot of that is the interactions that we have in the hallway. And so that broad spectrum, that broad fellowship that you talked about uh, shows people that everybody matters to the kingdom of God. And, there are those that can certainly be a drain on your time. There are those who certainly bring a lot of joy to your life. And maybe in ministry, um, it's easier to, to lean into those that, that like us because it is a tough job. It is, you know, when you're trying to lead a, a broad range of people and um, you get criticisms from time to time, you just get, you know, negative feedback from time to time. It is easy to just uh, try to lean into those that are uh, your supporters, those that like you, and those that are friends with you. you know, I heard years ago a pastor say that, uh, you know, you can never be friends with people in your church. And uh, Ben, you've been at Central long enough now that uh, I, I think you could probably say there are people that you're friends with. I know for me, I've had people that I have genuinely become friends with, I'm friends with to this day, um, but we can't let them dominate our time uh, in the overall ministry of the church. And so, one of the dangers of that is it just, it, it gives this unintentional message, even if you're not meaning to do this, it gives that message that some people are more, more important than others. And, and the broader society at the whole already kind of preaches that kind of message anyway. So the church ought to be that kind of fellowship. And as chair two leaders, where we're, we're going across the aisle, so to speak, so that we can meet and know people and help people, equip people, encourage people, even if it's the ones that doesn't like us or the ones that don't uh, support us 
but maybe they just don't know us. Yeah, I think that probably goes into it more than we realize. It maybe they just don't understand you, and you've not taken the time to get to know them and to, um, you know, let them see your heart in the matter. They just see you as the person who doesn't talk to them in the aisle at church. So it's good as a minister to step out of your comfort zone, move into those new areas of conversation. I do think, though, it's good to have friends in the church. I think, you know, it's just the natural place for you to get friends, especially if you're moving to that church from another community, you're new to that area. The church is where you should expect to have friends. Now, you have to be careful to make sure that when you do that, you don't just associate, just listen to, and only spend time with your friends. Um, And it's okay to have those closer relationships and closer friendships. I think you even see that in the life of Jesus. It's fine, but you can't do it at the detriment to having um, a relationship to knowing others within the church. So I, I think what I would say about this with association within the church, make sure you are putting yourself into conversations, into places you wouldn't typically go. Now, I'm not saying bust up into committee meetings that you haven't been invited to or those kind of things, but go to those events that you might not typically just naturally go to just to be there to meet people. You don't have to stay the whole time. Just go and talk and greet them and welcome them as a staff member. Just say, hey, glad y'all are doing this. You know, sit down, have a cup of coffee uh, with somebody. Go to, you know, in your community, it may be that McDonald's is where the deacons meet two or three times a week. Go have coffee with them there. Get to know some of the people that you don't typically spend time with, that you wouldn't more naturally do. And in that, what you'll see is you'll find more support for your ministry, and you'll also gain a greater love and a greater appreciation for the congregation as a whole, which in ministry, we we can't just solely focus on our um, silo. We need to move out, to minister the whole, to have a heart for the whole of the congregation, and to look for ways that we can bridge into those other areas. I heard recently of a uh, college football coach that's uh, considered on the hot seat, and one of the criticisms that uh, this particular coach and uh, is receiving is uh, that he doesn't have anyone on his staff to say no to him. And uh, of course, some of that is hearsay. You're reading this from journalists who are having sources and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that in a, in a church, if you're not careful, having that echo chamber that you talked about, just having people that tell you what you want to hear um, is not a great place to be. And so br- branching out, having that uh, very wide spectrum of relationships within the church, and you're absolutely right, Ben, some are going to be just naturally more close than others, um, but it just allows you a greater opportunity ministry-wise, discipleship-making-wise. I want to touch on one more thing about these relationships in the church, and maybe we could branch out even at the association or the denominational level. Um, is maybe a temptation in smaller churches to really try to appease that power structure, and every church has it, large church, small church. Maybe it's a little more pronounced in some smaller churches because you feel it at, at, at kind of every level. Trying to maintain that balance of not just listening to the one, the two, the three, whoever it is that that bears the most influence. Um, and like you said, I, once you get to know people and once you make that relationship effort with people, 
a lot of times it will broaden that influence. But until you do, um, it's easy just to listen to the ones who were kind of running the show behind the scenes, so to speak. And, uh, you know, that's something that we've got to be uh, genuinely careful, careful of as well. I don't know how you've seen that at work. Uh, I would never ask you to share what happens at your church, but maybe what you see in churches as a whole. Well, I think just it's human nature, the way people relate to each other. There's generally a power structure in place, and that that's how things get done. I would say in your congregation, learn what that is. Learn to work ethically within that system until such a time that you can help change or the culture itself changes, because that's the way things get done. Don't just go in, you know, unless it's unethical or immoral, the... the way things are done or the 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 power structures if you will in the church work within them at first get to know those people you don't have to just come in and say no we're going to do it my way now get to cuz there's a reason that structure was put into place or it developed over time it didn't just appear out of nowhere Get to know why that power structure is there. Get to know the people who are involved, who are the movers and shakers in the congregation. So learn to work within the system that's there. Don't come in saying, hey, I'm the savior of the church and I'm coming in to reorganize everything and do it the right way or my way. So learn to work within that system. Befriend the system until the time that God changes you or the system or uh, the culture itself just adapts to a more maybe effective or a better way of doing things. Another thing, when you were talking about dealing with people and listening to your own echo chambers, you may think you're hearing from the people in the church, but you've got to make sure you're listening to different groups. Because while you may not have just yes people around you, like you talked about just a second ago, Danny, you may not be getting a different perspective. You may just be listening to the people who are living life the way you're living it, whose habits and whose hobbies and whose interests and those kind of things are similar to yours. So you've got to make sure you're listening across different uh, spectrums and age groups and different cliques, if you will, within the church. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, again, it's worth saying uh, that Ben has infiltrated uh, his power structure <laughs> by going to the kitchen on Wednesdays and, and cooking. So I think we could all say that the kitchen committee bears much, much power <laughs> in does. the church. And it's, so this was a one time thing. One time thing. Well, Ben, let's think now uh, denominationally yeah. uh, or on the association level. You know, our folks in the church. Uh, may not see or experience this as much, but very specifically for many ministers who are trying to lead their churches faithfully to be a part of a denomination uh, at some level, you know, will often be presented with various choices, various groups. Uh, you, We're just in a divisive time. I mean, just across the board in every area of life, it feels like these groups, you know, if you support one, you've automatically, you know, canceled the other and, uh, so let's talk about maybe just using wisdom as ministers uh, when other groups step up. I, I want to kind of start with maybe an example for me uh, personally. You know, this summer at the uh, at the National Southern Baptist Convention, there were a couple of, well, several people presented for um, the head leadership, the president, 
of, of the convention. And genuinely, I was torn because there were, of the three, uh, there were, well, really all three, but two specifically, I thought, I like both these guys, you know, and, and both the, but you know, because you were at that meeting that not everyone felt the same way about liking both of those guys. And so maybe just me, but it certainly feels sometimes that we can get into our camps and then everything else the other camp says or does, even if we know inwardly, like, well, that's not a bad thing, but because you're in that camp, now it's bad. So maybe how do we use wisdom with them? Yeah, I think we have to really take to heart that the biblical principle of uh, as much as it lies with us to live at peace with others. And that includes our brothers and sisters in Christ. We do not have to be lockstep in agreement on every potential you know, third or fourth level issue for us to fellowship together. And we need to see in our relationship with others and other believers and really ourselves at times. We need to practice and extend grace a whole lot more than we do. It's Grace doesn't sell on Twitter and it doesn't get likes and it doesn't, you know, catch the news. It's those animosity, the tension that, that draws the attention. But really, we need to be a people that are filled with grace and to be those who are striving for peace. I, I try to align myself. I don't do it perfectly, and I try to keep my opinions to myself, at least on a public scale. If you ask me privately, I'll probably tell you. But to be the person who is looking to seek peace, look for those who are trying to keep calm. Look for those who are not intentionally stirring things up. We need to be looking for peacemakers. Um, I saw someone, and it was probably on social media this last week, said, you know, we're called to be peacemakers, not just um, peacekeepers. And it, but it's difficult to make peace at times, so we have to work at it and strive. And, you know, I try to look at that and try, okay, I'm not going to add fuel to the fire. One, I may not understand all the issues. Two, I don't have to comment or have an opinion on everything publicly. And so I look for those who are seeking to bring peace, to bridge people together, to build relationships, to edify others versus always attacking and tearing down. Yeah, that principle you said earlier where maybe we don't have to be a part of every single thing, it's the same thing at the associational, denominational level where, uh, yeah, some things just might be better left with you uh, standing on the side and praying. Certainly there are topics, there are subjects, there's issues that you've got to um, align with groups and align uh, with people. But Well, yeah, that's, those... that's why we have associations of churches and why yes. we have groups of churches that work together because we do have commonality that we align together for the advancement of the gospel. But we don't have to be lockstep on every non-essential issue. You bet. I love those passages in the New Testament. I'm thinking specifically at the last uh, chapter of Colossians where Paul, you know, lists all these people and, and he recognizes, hey, we do all this together and we work together and we help each other. And no doubt that uh, uh, they didn't see lockstep on everything, as you said. When you're in that chair two position, um, sometimes maybe the chair one leader of your church does jump into the fray. What are some ways that we can handle that? You know, maybe, maybe it's the kind of situation where he's jumped into a situation where you're like, well, I just, 
I can't go there. I can't, I can't jump with you. I can't really even support it from a distance. What might be some things to, to, to tell a chair two leader in that situation? So first, I don't think it's wise for you to publicly stand up and say, I disagree with you, especially if you're in a chair two role, your senior pastor takes in a position on something and maybe it's a non-essential issue with the culture or whatever. And you just don't see it eye to eye. Maybe you don't need to, to be able to still fellowship in a church. I don't think it's wise though, for you to go and publicly contradict that. You don't need to just stand up and say, Hey, I don't think that's the right way. It's just not smart. It's not wise. Don't broadcast differences. Broadcast where you are in alignment. Look for places you do agree. Unify, unite, speak out in those things. Don't intentionally, unless it's a you know a doctrinal issue where they're just leaving scripture, then by all means stand up for scripture. But, bad. Yeah. But but don't look for ways that you agree to enforce those. So you are showing, hey, I do support him. You don't have to speak against everything other people do that you disagree with. Yeah, I think that's wise. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I've not really had that situation in my life in ministry. I've had disagreements with some of the approaches to denominational life that maybe some leaders I worked for took. Thankfully, nothing where, you know, you felt like I just can't work with this person. But sometimes that happens. Sometimes you may uh, be in a situation that just, uh, for lack of a better term, is toxic, and you've got to deal with that. But I think you're absolutely right, Ben. I think not making a public display of that making every effort to make peace, not just keep it. And so there's plenty of groups to associate with that are building others up, that are doing good work of the gospel. But like anything else, it's that echo chamber, it's that mindset that our group is better than the other groups. And that human nature just to uh, find fault uh, is so easy to do. And I think it's just important that we have wisdom in handling that. We don't have to make a public statement on whether or not we agree with every issue out there. There's sometimes it's important to speak up. Sometimes when you don't speak up, you're actually speaking against or you're standing up for the opposition. Sometimes you do have to take a voice. But you don't have to feel obligated to sign every petition, every letter, every request everything speak out on every single issue you're not called to stand up for every issue out there there are important ones we need to take a stand and, and to help where we can but we don't have to join every crusade or fight against every crusade we, we just don't have to and i tell you that's a freeing thing in ministry you realize i don't have to get into every battle that's out there yeah, well said, and I think you just hit the nail on the head, and I think that just really summarizes a great approach. Again, it's using wisdom both in the church with who you align with, who you associate with, how you do that, and then at that level of the association and the denomination. You know, being what we didn't talk about was that group within the church that brings the best food to the potluck, you know, not making <laughs> them your best friend. So got to be careful that uh, right. it's very, very sneaky how that can uh, can sneak into uh, your life and ministry. Well, hey, you know, we're getting, if you're in ahead. the country, if you're in a country church, you've got the better people bringing the potlucks. I'm just going to tell you that we're That's not exactly right. We don't have, I shouldn't say this out. We don't have the best of potlucks. We're in a more <laughs> suburban church. You know, you get a lot of the 
I, of course, I'm guilty of it too. Go by the store and buy something, you bring it. Uh, you bet. So, <laughs> now, Absolutely. Now, now, here's a question about wisdom, Danny, when it comes to Thanksgiving. Is it dressing or stuffing? Oh, listen, that's not really a wisdom issue. <laughs> <laughs> That is a common sense issue. It's dressing all the way, right? <laughs> and, uh, and the G at the end is optional uh, of that That's particular right. word. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a dressing guy. And honestly, I think my mom makes the best. Uh, my wife and I both just uh, every year that we have hers, she just there's something she does to it. Because I have her recipe and I make it and I think it's good. But then I eat hers. I'm like, how did, well, what am I doing? And uh, so maybe I should have grew up, grew up on a farm like she did, but uh, for sure <laughs> it's, it's dressing it and dressing. you got to use wisdom and let people know that you in do. a very tactful way. Well, <laughs> we actually said, you know, here in the South, uh, if you were to try to serve stuffing, uh, that would be grounds for church discipline, most likely. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And I don't know if that's in a particular books of certain marks of a church, but that should be added <laughs> into the that's update. Right. So, oh, that's good. That's, that's right. Cool. Being, well, Ben, once again, I think you uh, summarized it well, and uh, hopefully we're able to um, just be better servants in the church, and we hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. Make sure that you uh, like or comment, subscribe uh, to our podcast. Maybe you have some ideas that we didn't talk about today. We'd love to hear from you, so shoot us a message, comment on it. So thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.